But we did have a moment where our data was inaccessible, where we got hacked, not in a way where they stole any data, but in a way where they locked us out of our own systems. And so we were unable to access or do any work on our clients' books or tax returns or anything. And we were being held for ransom. I fully realized at that moment, this could be the end. Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast from Azuma that shares motivational stories for small business owners. I'm Greg. And I'm Ben. And we're your host for this episode. So we've shared a lot of stories on this podcast about small business owners, how they've overcome different obstacles in order to keep going. But it kind of dawned on us, we've never shared our story. So today, Ben and I are going to share our small business story and what keeps us going. So Ben, let's start with you. Why don't you share a little bit about yourself? I grew up in a town in central California, a smaller town. Went to high school there and had a good childhood. But one of the things that kind of started me off on this path of accounting was a high school class I took with a bunch of friends. So all my friends were signing up for this class, this accounting class in high school. I'd never heard of it before, never realized it was even offered. Had no idea what it was, but decided to go ahead and join them and attend the class with them. And, And what I realized as the class went along is that they were really struggling with the content of the class and the ability to get good grades in there, but I wasn't. For some reason, the logical presentation of numbers and figures and the way everything was organized, it kind of clicked in my mind and I ended up actually enjoying the class and getting good grades in there. And I kind of looked around at my friend and said, wow, if they're struggling with this and I can get it, I should probably stick with this. I served a mission for my church for two years left and came back. And when I came back, that interest was still there. I took some classes in junior college and did well in my accounting classes. Though I didn't do great in math. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) So there's a difference. There's definitely a difference. In fact, it's kind of this little secret I have. I never took a class beyond algebra in school, unless you call statistics, you know, a class beyond algebra. But algebra is the most advanced math class I've ever graduated. But accounting is a little bit different, and it kind of has these unique things about it that fit well with my brain. That was my major in college, never changed my major, never questioned it, just always felt like that's what I wanted to do and went on and graduated, of course, and got a job in accounting and started as an auditor, did some taxes and things here and there, but audited primarily for four or five years and eventually became an audit manager for a small regional accounting firm. Everyone else hears the word auditor and automatically they think, you you know, ugh, what is that? That does not sound good. But for some reason to us who go through accounting, we think it's like a badge of honor. <laughs> I think it's cool. And they, it's a real uh, discussion killer at parties. What do you do for work? I'm an auditor. <laughs> right. oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was enjoying it and it was fine and everything. And, and then the curtain parted and I looked beyond my own perspective of what an auditor was and saw someone else's. And I was like, oh, is that really who I am? Is that really what I do? Do I really make people's lives miserable when I walk into their companies and tell them I'm here to audit the company? And yes, the answer is yes. (laughs) As much as I thought I had friends with my clients and was friends with my clients, I know that they were relieved when I left. 
I just realized that's not who I want to be with people. Like I wanted to have real friendships with my clients. I wanted them to truly value the work I was doing. Then eventually one day I I remember sitting in the basement of this business. They always shove you into like the smallest Worst for this yeah. Yeah, <laughs> darkest corner that they can find just to try and act like you're not even there when you're doing the audit and they just hope you don't come to them with anything. So I'm sitting down there in, in my corner and on a lunch break scrolling through some Google alerts that I had set up in my email. And one of them was about a company in the UK. The article title was, Mazuma puts the fund back into accounting. Those two words, those two concepts of accounting and fund just caused this cognitive dissonance in my brain and was like, whoa, what is that? So I clicked on it, opened it up, and it was just explaining how this idea that the small businesses could get accounting services for a low cost. In my audit career, I had always worked for larger businesses with lots of employees and was moving in and out of those businesses. And the idea of a small business, like a real small business, one person running it or two or three people together running the show, that always fascinated me. I kind of got an idea how bigger businesses ran and the many people involved, but what was the heartbeat of that micro business? What made that run? That kind of fascination and desire to understand more about the small business and a realization that they were not being served well by accounting firms like I was working for made me realize, you know, I want to do something like that. I think that I have enough desire and interest to where I could actually make something like that happen. Immediately upon reading that article, I shot an email off to just the generic info at email address of Mazuma in the UK and said, hey, I want to start something like that in the US. And I hadn't thought it through or anything, but shot off the message and they responded back and said, that's great. Not sure how much we can help you, but we would love for you you to start something like this in the US. So that triggered the idea and gave me a little fuel to that fire. And I started telling all my friends about it, all my auditor friends sitting right there in that lunch break. I turned to my partner, Brian, and was like, hey, look at this idea. Wouldn't this be cool? And he gave me like three seconds of attention and said, yeah, whatever, you know, just kind of moved on. And I was like, oh, all right. And shared it with other accounting friends and they thought it was cool, but just didn't see where I was going with it or why I would even want to bring this up. We were auditors. This is our job. We're supposed to be just getting the work done. And I just couldn't let it go. So I talked to friends outside of accounting about it. And of course, Greg was one of them. And I don't know, Greg, it seemed like when I spoke to you about it, you were the first friend of mine who actually like saw what I was trying to describe or saw why I would be interested in it. And Why was that? Part of it had to do with my upbringing. Part of it had to do with my current situation. But just talking more current situation, I was currently working for a construction consulting firm. I think there was four of us at the time. We were coming out of the 2008 recession and everything was a struggle. Construction was extremely hit by that. And what small staff we did have, we had to lay them off and we were trying to pick up the pieces specifically around the bookkeeping, the accounting stuff. And so I saw that, but I think there was more to it because I grew up in Washington state. I grew up in this sort of entrepreneurial type of environment. Man, when I was probably three or four years old, my parents 
they branched out on their own and started their own farm. My mom, by default, became the bookkeeper for the farm. And I could always tell when she had done the bookkeeping because her and my dad had a great relationship, but on that end of the month, it was, it was always a little awkward in the house, you know, <laughs> because all of a sudden she realized, oh, oh no, as much as they loved it, they made sure that I didn't want to go back <laughs> I see. or they basically told me, go do something else. If you ever want to farm, you can do it later. But so, so, so they, they kind of lovingly kicked me out in college. I studied construction management. I graduated in construction management. And went to work for a general contractor right out of school and eventually got into this consulting thing and was able to see firsthand how important this stuff is and and what it's like to live and breathe and operate a small business with limited resources. So when you brought this idea up and started talking about it, to me, it made a ton of sense. I'd seen how beneficial this could be. But as you know, I was obviously hesitant because... I didn't have a degree in accounting. It wasn't it wasn't what I did. I wasn't good at it. So I was encouraging you, but not particularly thinking that, that it would be something that I could help and benefit with. But we did pull it together and we launched it. It wasn't easy, but we got it up and going. I remember that. I think I remember the conversation we had when we finally realized, oh, we can still be partners in an accounting firm, even though Greg's not an accountant. And that was kind of a revelatory moment. I think it was you, me, and our wives, our wives yeah. sitting around the table. Right after dinner. Right after dinner, exploring this. And the idea came up and this barrier that was sitting there of Greg's not an accountant, so it doesn't make sense. We just lifted that out of the way. And someone was like, why not? And then boom, that was like the spark. And then next thing you know, we're we're pursuing it. Pursuing it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there were many challenges. There's so many that, that you know you don't want to go through all of them. I guess some of the highlights. You know. Yeah, and if I had to encapsulate some of those first challenges, it would just be that things took way longer than we thought they would to get going. Yeah. It just took way more time and effort and money to get the engines started. We were just scratching for each individual client. We went out and met every single person who showed interest and talked to every person who we thought could potentially become a client. Yeah. And after a year, I think we had 15. Right. <laughs> I think we had 15 clients after a whole year of putting effort into this. And 15 clients each paying you a hundred dollars a month, right. you know, we were, we were paying a lot of bills at that point. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I wonder about that because we kind of caught the vision, but I felt like we were also a little bit evolutionary in that we were maybe pioneers a little bit in this new way of doing accounting. Absolutely. I think we thought we were being innovative, but we didn't really know that we were kind of at the front right. end of that innovation that was happening in the industry. And that honestly, 10 years later, is still happening. It's such a massive industry and the evolutions of it take a long time. And I think we really underestimated that. I think something that you get excited about, you just naturally think that everybody else is going to get excited about. And that's not the case. case. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Our efforts in those first years were a lot of education, a lot of explaining how this could work, why this would work, why it would be better for a small business owner to use this service instead of a traditional accounting, accounting service. service. Yeah. And I don't know how much we want to expose some of the scary moments that we've had. 
if we act like they're way far in the past, maybe our clients won't be afraid. Right? <laughs> or do we? Last week we were. <laughs> <laughs> these are far enough in the past. They, we've addressed these things and overcome them. But we did have a moment where our data was inaccessible, where we got hacked, not in a way where they stole any data, but in a way where they locked us out of our own systems. And so we were unable to access or do any work on our clients' books or tax returns or anything. And we were being held for ransom. I fully realized at that moment, this could be the end. Now, we were responsible. We had backups. But our IT professionals at the time informed us those backups were not useful. They had been doing the back. Yeah. They'd been doing it wrong. (laughs) The professionals we had been paying to do our backups were not performing it accurately. Right. And so they tried to restore it and they said, we have some bad news. It's not working. So our only option was to go negotiate with the crook. The hacker who, who left some email address in, in like a... And he made a notebook in, inside yeah, of our file system. And right. basically, this is how you contact me. All we had was an email address. So negotiations happened. Fortunately, it was an honest crook who was willing to just take <laughs> the money and give us access. And it was about two days of kind of nightmares. But after those two days, we paid them off. They gave us access back and... We fired the IT professionals. That were, that were <laughs> luckily, luckily, the IT professionals paid them off. That's right. They paid. They paid. They, for were, us. they were responsible for it, so they paid them off. That's but. right. And I believe it was one Bitcoin at the time was the ransom, which I think was like twenty five hundred bucks at yeah. the time. Yeah, two or three thousand so, dollars. Anyway, yeah, they took care of it. Those are kind of the big moments. I think also some of the challenges are just realizing how many elements to a business there are. It's one thing to just be able to do the accounting, but You've got to be bringing clients in. You have to be servicing clients. You have to know IT. You have to know all these other things that at the end of the day, we were like, man, we just want to help small business owners do their books. But that's like the smallest portion of what we actually do. And trying to stretch your knowledge base to try and fill those gaps and then evaluating to decide when is it time to bring in help or to outsource. Source, yeah. I think the one thing that's coming to mind right now is I remember when we first started, everybody had the golden ticket, right? That's right. If, the silver bullet. The silver bullet. Everybody that we talked to knew that if they took our money, they would make us rich. But all they were worried about was taking our money. And so <laughs> sorting through all of those people, it was everything from, hey, you should be listed in the yellow pages, which is like, really? <laughs> I don't even know if anybody does the yellow pages anymore, but somebody knew that if we were in the yellow pages, we were going to hit all of our goals and more. Everybody knows how to fix your problem. You just have to pay them money. But at the end of the day, you have to really be critical about which way you're going to go with who. And Yeah, absolutely. Because being a young business owner is like being a little kid at times when you're out there in the world and you see everyone else as being successful and you know you're quote-unquote not successful yet, whatever that means. You're not sure who to trust, but you kind of lean towards trusting anybody who has a good idea because you're kind of desperate. You can get convinced really easy. Right. Because you see the potential and you're like, oh, finally, somebody also sees the potential. They know what this can do, but you got to be careful. (laughs) (laughs) It's so short-lived. Yeah. But those are stepping stones, you know, that you learn from and the experience is extremely valuable and you you learn how to, to make decisions. I'm sure it would have been much worse if I was in it by myself. We've made a ton of bad decisions. 
but we've always made them together. Right. So it's like, well, that was dumb, <laughs> but it's not like, Oh, you're the, you're, you, I can't believe you made that decision. Right. We don't get into that finger pointing because of the collaboration and because of the effort and trying to build this and, and make it together. It, it sure helps as far as, yeah, that was dumb, but Oh, well, but we, yeah, but, but we did it together. We did it, we, together. It, it wasn't like, yeah. <laughs> so there's not nearly as much shame when someone else did it with you. Right. Right. <laughs> like, well, we were both dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I think a lot of that gives us perspective, obviously now to where we've become a more stable operation and one that is kind of more mature and we are able to service more people. And that's what our goal has always been. We thought we were going to be here after two or three years. It just took 10 or 12, you know, to to finally get to scaling the service. And of course, we're constantly trying to improve it, but it is helping a lot of people. And that's ultimately, I think, what we set out to do. Yeah, exactly. So, Greg, uh, you know, what are some of the things that uh, you enjoy most about being a small business owner? Interestingly enough, it's probably some of the things that I didn't think even existed when we started going into business. Dealing with people and employees and having an impact in their lives as far as making their lives better and providing them with a job and quality employment has actually been one of the things I've come to enjoy a lot about this. There's other things, don't get me wrong. You know, there's the, the typical things that you hear about small business owners is freedom and flexibility, and there's a steep price to pay for those things. But the impact probably stands out most. I would agree. I remember hearing a lot from our clients, honestly, who were small business owners, obviously. And as soon as you start hiring employees, that's when business loses the fun. That's when it becomes hard. But I remember when we about hired our first full-time person on salary who we knew they had kids. Yeah. (laughs) And we were kind of looking across at the table at each other and like, Oh my gosh, do we want to be responsible for this person? Right. Yeah. Like paying this person. Paying this person and their livelihood depends right. on us. And yeah. yeah. They've got a family. That was a bit of a gut check for us, but that was a wonderful relationship that opened up our eyes to that world of the people and the relationships and the joy and satisfaction you can get when you're working together, providing for one another. What are some things, if you were to look back over our experiences, what are some pieces of advice you'd give to people who are getting ready to start their own business or thinking about it, or maybe just in the beginning phases? One that comes to mind out of our discussion is just be prepared for a long haul. I think one of the reasons a lot of small businesses don't continue and end up, quote unquote, failing, they don't really fail. The person just realizes it's a lot bigger of a, an effort than they anticipated. It's going to take a lot more time and a lot more investment either of money or of just resources in order to get something really going. Take your projections and kind of ask yourself if your one-year projections aren't a reality until five years from now or three years from now, are you still willing to do this? As I say that, I realize... That may not be the best advice because frankly, if we really, if we knew what it was going to take, we may have squashed our dreams right there and not continued. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is I'm thinking of the experience I had when we were first getting started. I, my dad had had started his own thing and I went to him and I was talking to him about it and he says, oh, just take all your projections and basically divide them by four. It's going to cost you four times as much money. It's going to take you four times as long to get to where you were. 
I remember talking to him on the phone. I said, well, no, you don't understand. This is a different, this industry is different because there's so much potential. There's so much of this and so much of that, right? Here we are. Like, <laughs> I think he was almost, if not exactly right, he was pretty darn close. <laughs> Make sure you have a long-term perspective and that you have a higher purpose. If the money doesn't come, you're going to lose all motivation. You're going to lose a lot of your own money and your own time and your own investment in it. So make sure it's something that you're passionate. I hate to say get into the passion thing because right. oh, it's my passion. You know? But like, I'm not passionate about accounting. I, I took it twice when I was in college. I failed it the first time and I barely passed it the second time. Right. So like accounting is not my like passion, but small business is my passion and people. serving people and helping other people. So make sure it's something that you love that you can get behind. Absolutely. I would also say that that it's worth it. The rewards, creating something and seeing something that you created help other people, whether it's your own employees or the clients and customers that you're serving. There's just satisfaction and fulfillment there that I don't know if it's available anywhere else. And the perspective you gain on life, the, the principles you learn that influence the rest of your life are just so incredibly valuable. Yeah, I think a lot of that development also comes from the fact that you're forced into doing so much other things. I think we talked a little bit about, we just wanted to provide accounting for small businesses. And now you're a developer and an IT professional. <laughs> and you know, you've know you developed all these other qualities and characteristics along this journey. The scope of small businesses it continues to expand the more you dive into it. Okay, now it's time to ask the question, what is it about what we do as a small business owner that keeps us going? Well, I'd have to go back to just the element of service and helping people. I know as I think back on some of my like darkest, lowest moments of doubting everything that we were doing and questioning whether or not this business model was going to work and whether we were going to be able to provide for our families off of it. At those lowest moments, I remember just the spark for me was at least I'm trying to help people. I'm coming from a genuine place of wanting to serve somebody. And I may not be the best at it. It may not be flawless, but I know deep down inside, I'm just trying my best to help someone else out. And that's worth something. I think that's great. I think mine is very much in line with that. I just think it goes into the impact that you're able to have on small businesses, which is again, what we set out to do, but the impact that we can have on employees and the way that we can bless and enrich their lives with the things that they're doing and, and you know, the things they're able to accomplish because of their role here at Mizuma. And honestly, I guess a little selfishly too, I love the personal development side of it. I love the challenges. I love walking in and trying to solve some more problems and trying to make things better. And as a result of that, at least, my wife might disagree with this, but I, I hope it's making me a better person as well. There's some refinement going on within me as well. I think overall, it's just just the journey that I really, really keeps me going. Well, this has been kind of a fun trip down memory lane a little bit. Hopefully it's helpful. It's been fun for us to rehash this a little bit. It certainly has been fun. So thanks everybody for listening and we'll be back next week. If you or someone you know would like to share your small business story, please go to mazumausa.com slash keep going and fill out the form at the bottom of the page. And if you are looking for tax advice for your small business, be sure to join our Keep Going Facebook group and check out our website at mazumausa.com. <laughs>